Looking to create your best self, whether it's good for you lifestyle hacks, smarter ways to supplement, or tasty tips to fuel optimal health, Talk Healthy Today provides you the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. I am absolutely in love with doing this podcast. I would be thrilled if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed to the podcast. Now, on to the show. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. I absolutely love cookbooks, and I love cookbooks by people who really know their stuff. Joining us now is award-winning registered dietitian, nutritionist, RDN, Cordon Bleu certified chef and author, Michelle Dudash. She creates top-selling and reliable solutions for busy women as they strive to feed themselves and their families, nourishing meals while the clock is ticking. Michelle is the author of three books. Today, we're going to be talking about Clean Eating Kitchen, the low-carb Mediterranean cookbook, quick and easy, high-protein, low-sugar, healthy fat recipes for lifelong health. You should also check out Clean Eating for Busy Families, revised and expanded. And she is also the founder of her newest endeavor, Dash Dinners Meal Spice Kits. Michelle, so excited to have you back. Hi, Lisa. I am so excited to be back. I always love talking with you. We always have such a good time. I know, right? So, Michelle, I'd love to know, when did you first get interested in healthy living? I started becoming interested in high school, actually. I was a runner, a long-distance runner, track, wow. cross-country. And, of course, at the time, I wasn't a dietitian yet. So, what did I do for nutrition information? I read Shape Magazine or, you know, health magazines and became completely obsessed. And so when I went to college, I actually, I claimed like actuarial science or something, but my grandma said, well, you should take um, a nutrition class. That's all you ever talk about. (laughs) And that is literally how I, so I took a basic nutrition class, University of Wisconsin-Madison, and I fell in love and I changed my major and the rest is history. That is so awesome. It's so nice when you're young and you can find what you want to do. What was it about the the becoming a chef part that really excited you? Well, my first job out of college was actually in college dining services. That's another path dietitians can go is uh, food service. And I, all of a sudden, I was this you know 22 year old, and they put me in charge of the catering department. And you had to learn how to like crank out meals. And a lot of them had to be nicer meals. Even though I was baking pies when I was eight years old with my grandma, I was still right. I was accustomed to being in the kitchen. But when I was just, I became interested. I ch- tried my first Bordelais sauce as, in a restaurant. And I was like, how do they make this? I want to find out how they make this. And that I, I was reading Gourmet Magazine in the back. I saw this ad, and the next day I was touring a culinary school. It happened very quickly. I don't even know what Bordelais. So I'm sure I've eaten it. I've heard of it. But what is that exactly? <laughs> so when you go to a nice steak restaurant or a fine dining restaurant, it's that glossy brown mm. sauce that, mm. that tastes like there's so much flavor in it. And it's not it's not gravy. I'll tell you that. It's not just <laughs> beef broth thickened with cornstarch. That's maybe, maybe in your... Uh, you know, when you're in first grade at in the school lunch, that's what that's how they make that. But you take beef broth, gallons and gallons. They reduce it down. They simmer it down until it's into this concentrated sauce. It has beef bones and vegetables and herbs and spices. And then, of course, they'll hit it with a little butter at the very end. <laughs> oh, God, that sounds so amazing. When you are 
so good with recipes. I mean, when I found out you had a new book, I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, Michelle's amazing. Her recipes are delicious. I made some. We're going to get to that. But I love how you start in the book, The Clean Eating Kitchen, The Low-Carb Mediterranean Cookbook. In chapter one, low-carb Mediterranean know-how. What is it? Who is it for? And how to make it work for you. Now, we don't want to give everything away because I want people to get the book. But, you know, we hear a lot about Mediterranean. And I think some people might still be wondering exactly what that means and why it's so incredibly healthy for us. Yeah, the Mediterranean diet is ranked one of the healthiest diets in the world. Uh, U.S. News World Report, dietitians love it, doctors love it. It's just full of fruits, vegetables, healthy fats seafood. Of course, I took it a step further and made it low-carb Mediterranean because I have just learned over the last decade that is what my readers want. A lot of my readers. And I'm all about giving people options. And that is what I did in this book. Well, I love it because I feel better on a low-carb diet. You know, people who listen to the show know my go-to meal is usually, you know, a little bit of grass-fed meat and an avocado and a salad and a yam. And there I've got, you know, my base is covered. I do need to eat more fish. Like every time I go to the store, I'm always like I walk by the fish and I think I really need to eat more fish. So this is a good reminder. You have a lot of shrimp recipes in the book. I do eat shrimp. I love shrimp. So I will share later what I made. Now let's talk about who is it for? Yeah. So, okay. All the recipes in the book, of course, anyone can enjoy these recipes. Okay. So it's for people. Some people do low carb because they're looking to lose weight. Some just like you mentioned, they feel better. They feel less bloated. People that are trying to manage their blood sugar levels. It's great for those people or people that uh, have diabetes. So of course, managing blood sugar levels. So this is, uh, and of course, people that just want to eat amazing food right. and feel like they're out in the Mediterranean. These are <laughs> Recipe. I mean, I know I would like to be there right now. I don't think it's happening this summer, but uh, the recipes, I, they're inspiration from my travels and, uh, and growing up. And so that is what I delivered. Now, of course, you know, some people like, you know, for example, a pregnant woman, probably low carb, not for her, but some pregnant women that have gestational diabetes, they really do need to watch their carbs. So if you do want some carbs or maybe it's for your kids, cause I have kids too. It's okay. Add on a bowl of fruit for them. Add on a hunk of good bread. They're really versatile recipes. They are. You know, I'd like to hear a little bit about your travels and about your, your upbringing. Cause you had just mentioned, now, is that something you did as a family and then you continued as an adult? Well, I grew up Lebanese. I'm actually a quarter Lebanese. My grandmother, great-grandmother uh, immigrated from Lebanon. And they, uh, so I grew up on that food. I lived in a small town. And believe me, in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, believe me, those foods were not standard fare. You couldn't just walk into the grocery store and get tabbouleh like you can now. <laughs> so tabbouleh and uh, homemade yogurt, uh, leaven, just all of, uh, you know, all of these amazing foods is what I grew up on. And so, of course, I, I, created recipes that are a little more modern versions of those ingredients that we can find, you know, in our mainstream grocery stores, maybe making, taking a few shortcuts. So, uh, so me and my cousins, we do that. We, we kind of shortcut the, the yogurt recipe from our grandmother, but, uh, <laughs> to make it work, <laughs> but then travel wise, I, that was, that happened more as an adult. 
to Italy, Spain, Croatia, uh, France, of course, all in the Mediterranean. And of course, I was really inspired by those recipes. And again, just streamlining them for people. A lot of people want 30-minute recipes. I totally get it. I'm a chef. I want 30-minute recipes when I'm cooking too. So that's what I do in this book for people. Now, what is Leban? Leban is yogurt. It's a really thick yogurt. So it's really tangy. So the of course, my, the way my grandmother made it is she would bring whole milk to a boil and then stick your finger. That's when you knew it was done. And then you would squeeze out the water and squeeze and squeeze. So it was a bit of a process. Of course, in the recipes in my book, I, I just like, Hey, just we go get your Greek yogurt, strain off some of the water and you can enjoy these recipes, plain Greek yogurt. It's a great base. It goes so well with so many of the recipes in my book. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny now you go to the store and it doesn't have to be like a specialty market or, you know, a big chain health food store. You can just go to any grocery store and you'll see hummus. Sometimes you even see tzatziki. Maybe that's more specialty, but tabbouleh, you know, it's really nice, but it's also great to make these things yourself. I especially love that you use quinoa in one of your tabbouleh recipes or, and I love that because I don't eat wheat. And so that the quinoa Mm -hmm. is really fantastic. So in this book, you've got lively starters, you've got appetizers, salads, snacks, soups, and sips. That's so clever. You've got plant-based meals, seafood, chicken, beef, pork, and lamb, vibrant vegetable sides, La Dolce Vita, sweets and fruit dishes. You also go into the low carb 101, which I love. I think it's so important for people who don't know where you talk about macronutrients and things like that. If you want to just talk a little bit about that for people. Sure. Yeah. I mean, low carb isn't just about meat and cheese anymore. Okay. That should be a bumper sticker. I love that. It's not just about meat and cheese anymore. Yeah. Because we need fiber in our diets. We need phytonutrients and we get those from our plants. And just because you're doing low carb doesn't mean you have to shun fruit completely. So I really walk people through because that has all that amazing fiber and there's berries that you can enjoy that are lower carb, high fiber, beans and legumes, higher fiber. And so, you know, you're when, as far as net carbs, right, you're subtract, you have your total carbs minus all that fiber. And that is what your body, body's apps actually absorbing. And that is what I'm teaching people about in this book. There's a whole plant-based chapter and I incorporate legumes. Legumes are a big part of the Mediterranean diet. And instead of relying on the the meat substitutes, uh, that's I really want to incorporate the legumes. And I balance it out with a ton of non-starchy vegetables so you can enjoy all of those foods together on one plate. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I think this is, this is such a great way of eating and the recipes are amazing. They're easy to make. And I have to say on the fruit side, for me, and this is just me, I love summer fruit. So I figure I'm only going to eat it for a couple months and then it's going to be out of season. So I bought a bag of grapes today and I know they're sugary, but it's June. <laughs> you know, I'm like, exactly. I, right. So just, I think, but again, it depends on your diet, depends on your weight. It depends on what your, your goals are. For me, I'm like, summer is about watermelon, grapes, and cherries. And I just go to town. I am completely with you. And that's the thing. Actually, there's a recipe, a recipe in my book. It's a roast pork tenderloin. It's a sheet pan dinner. And it actually has a sprinkling of grapes 
and walnuts and blue cheese. Ooh. One specific food just doesn't doesn't make you a high carb eater, right? Like right. it's that is packed with protein, and the sprinkling of grapes is just a little a little addition. You're getting the juicy burst of caramelized sweetness. It's amazing. Ooh, speaking of sweetness, I like that you say sweets. Enjoy a few times per week if you wish, and I have a. I don't have a big sweet tooth. I have, I love dark chocolate, but sometimes, especially during the pandemic, I, I, you know, we're at home and there'd be things in the house. I'd be like, oh, I bought that for my daughter. Those cookies only have five ingredients. I shouldn't really eat them. I should just stick with the dark chocolate, some more process. All of a sudden I'm like eating cookies. I'm like, what am I doing? So I think to have sweets that, you know, you feel good about and that you can eat occasionally and you have some great desserts in the book, but what do you say to people who have a sweet tooth? Yeah, I have a sweet tooth too. It's about quality over quantity. And so I use mostly fruit in my dessert chapter. I use nuts. I use cocoa powder, dark chocolate. There is a little bit of real sugar. I I actually am not a big fan. If you like the sugar substitutes, hey, you do you. That's cool. I just prefer the flavor of an amazing few bites of a real dessert. But I do try to keep it lower. Yeah, so you'll find, for example, I have a a berry tart with a mascarpone cream filling and then an almond flour crust. Ooh, that's so nice. Thanks. It's amazing. So satisfying. And the kids love it too. Yeah, I think that's what's so good. Almond flour is amazing. I also love in the book you have, did someone say wine? So where do you stand on wine? I would think, uh, yes. I mean, it's part of the Mediterranean diet. Yeah, wine is definitely part of the Mediterranean diet. You know, you look at the blue blue zones diet as well. Alcohol in uh, some of those areas, those blue zones, is certainly part of the routine. It's about, of course, moderation. It's about pairing it with food. That is, I think, a big component. Of course, the recommendation is one drink per day for women, two drinks, up to two drinks per day for men. Uh, Of course, there are certain populations that, don't need to start drinking alcohol, but for uh, a lot of us, that's that's totally okay. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I usually don't drink, but I was at a graduation party and it was so amazing to be with people. Everyone was vaccinated. It was outside. We weren't wearing masks. We were, it was just, it felt so amazing. And, and there was someone walking around like, would you like a glass of white wine? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I think I will. And it was really nice. Like, I don't usually drink, but it was like such a celebration. And then they offered me this (laughs) rich chocolate cake that I usually Mm. don't eat either. So I'm like, oh my God, I had wine and I had a piece of chocolate cake and it was fine. You know, it's like, it's not going to kill me, but I do on the most, but that was rare, right? That's for me, that was very rare. I don't remember the last time I had cake, Yeah, but it was just nice to let yourself live a little, especially after all we've been through, but then mostly stay with a super healthy diet. That's delicious, right? Getting back to your book. Definitely. And I think it's completely, I will tell you, I mean, I... I grew up in Wisconsin. Alcohol is a big part of the culture in Wisconsin. I am a chef. I love desserts. I mean, I, I it's really just about balance. It's not, it, it, we don't need to beat ourselves up, feel guilty. Right. Just you're gra- it's a, you're at a special occasion or maybe it's a Friday, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, now with alcohol though. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, if you, you want to keep things in check, you can always incorporate, rotate with sparkling water or something like flavored sparkling water. There's so many, but that's, I think, a good uh, technique for some people who, uh, of course, want to keep going back for those glasses of wine, but it's a good way to balance it out. That's what I do as well. 
Yeah, I, I think that's great. Speaking of great, nice segue. Let's jump into these recipes. Okay, so I made the Mediterranean quinoa salad with the avocado. It was amazing. I love quinoa. I love avocado. I love that you uh, made that. That's actually one of my favorite recipes in the book. It's just so satisfying. And it's, it is. I mean, I can eat that just for lunch. I have it in the appetizer salad chapter for me. I mean, that's just lunch. You know what I mean? Oh, it's page 34. Oh, thank you. But yeah, you've got the avocado, the good fats. They're satisfying. They're creamy. You have the quinoa, which gives you protein, fiber, gives you all the essential amino acids. And uh, you know, I'll sprinkle nuts on top of that too, right before I eat it, an extra satisfying crunch. So it's, you know, if you want to get protein in your diet, you know, it's not just about that pile of meat in the middle of your plate. You just want, you can layer on the protein in different ways. Wow. Well, you know, there's also a, a 30 minute pantry shakshuka, which I haven't made yet, mm-hmm. but there's a restaurant in our town and it is amazing Mediterranean food. I mean, so good. For example, there was a guy a few years ago who was from the Today Show and he just happened to be in my town. He goes to this restaurant. He was so impressed. He invited the owner and chef to come on the show. Like the wow. meal was so good. And yeah, and so he did. But anyway, they make a really good shakshuka. And what's interesting in, in theirs is they it is the tomato base and it's got the egg. And then they put quinoa in it. Again, back to quinoa, which Ooh. I thought was so interesting, Ooh. but also the spices and herbs. For people who are like, shak, what, what are we talking about here? Tell <laughs> us about it. Yeah, shakshuka is, of course, if you're on social media, you've probably seen it in a thousand different iterations. It's been in Mediterranean cuisine for centuries. Uh, but now, of course, we're seeing and you know the the, you know main thing is tomatoes right Uh, but of course there's different spices and that's where the variations can come in so in my version i put in sweet paprika there's cumin coriander nutmeg cayenne pepper i put a whole big can of tomatoes in there and then you simmer that a little bit and you plop in your eggs at the very end and if you're like me, you want a runny yolk. That's amazing. Put some good farm fresh eggs in there. And then you just simmer it until those are to your liking. Sprinkle it with some fresh chopped parsley. And it's just mwah, amazing for breakfast, for brunch. And you can save the sauce too. Just put in the eggs you'll eat in that sitting. Save the sauce. It's even better the next day. Oh my gosh, I bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's on my list. Hi, it's Lisa. Just wanted to pop in real quick and just say I am doing a book giveaway for my book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex. It's a cookbook, a memoir, a healthy lifestyle guide. It's not about dirty sex. It's a play on words. And anyway, it's really about overall health. All you have to do to enter is just sign up for my monthly newsletter. It takes a second. Just your name, boom. Your email, boom. And you're going to get great information, great tips, great recipes in the newsletters, as well as find out some big, exciting things that I have coming up that you don't want to miss. So go to lisadavismph.com today. All right, back to the show. That's <laughs> on my list. Another one that jumped out to me was the Moroccan spice lamb chops with mint. Mm. I went to New York. Well, I haven't been to New York since before the pandemic, but there was this French restaurant a friend of mine took me to. And I wasn't a big lamb chop person, but they were insanely good. So I started to find uh, the grass fed ones Mm -hmm. and that they're amazing. And I I haven't made this yet, but Moroccan spice sounds good. What are some of those spices? 
Yes, I love this recipe. I love lamb. I just love the too. taste. So there's, uh, I have you crust it with coriander, cumin, paprika, garlic, salt, pepper, and then you have this just nice herb uh, sp or spiced crust. And then you have this, there's a mint sauce with fresh mint leaves, a little vinegar, olive oil, and salt. Super simple. But the, the lamb is really the star. And it really just, I mean, a small portion is so satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm such a huge paprika fan. I think smoked mm. paprika and well, garlic is my, probably number one, but smoked yeah. paprika is right up there. Maybe it's tied. I it just adds so much to recipes. It just makes them pop. I agree. I, I use quite a bit of smoked paprika in the book. Of course, you can use sweet paprika, the, the regular one you probably already have. But you're right. Smoked paprika just elevates so many different things. So many different things. You could even put that in the shakshuka as well. It's great on uh, sprinkled on chicken, on seafood, on side dishes. It's amazing. You know, it is. And speaking of chicken, I did make your roasted chicken with herbs de Provence and lemon. Mm. I mean, I don't, that's just so yummy and simple and delicious and the flavors are fresh. I love that. There used to be a Greek restaurant when I used to live in Santa Cruz, California called Vasili's. And he used to make this thing called Cote Lemonati. And it was chicken mm. with lemon and garlic and oregano and these roasted potatoes. And I remember my husband and I went there on our first date and or one of our first dates. And I I was I just get so into it. I just pick up the chicken and I'm eating it and there's like oil dripping down my arm. And he's just <laughs> like, holy, who is this woman? But here we are, 22 years later, still happily married. <laughs> I That's amazing. Eating like a slob. I get really into food. but And now my daughter like spills everything on herself. And I'm like, yep, she's my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> That's worth it. That, that is worth it. That, that roasted chicken recipe. So you mentioned the herbs de Provence. So for not everybody knows what that seasoning yeah, tell is. Us. Yeah. That is a seasoning that you can just buy from the store. It's dried as is. And it has all sorts of herbs in it. One of this, the ones that will surprise you, it has a little lavender in it. Ooh. So it's a really nice, just wake up your taste buds. If you're in a food rut, I fall into a food rut, usually end of every season. I need new flavors. And so herbs de Provence is a great one to keep on hand for chicken. It is so good. And beef stew as well. <laughs> Ooh, I love beef stew. God, I think of fall and winter when I think of beef stew. I love that. You also have, and I haven't made it yet, an anytime roasted vegetables with herbs. Again, herbs de Provence. And Roasted vegetables are so good. I could literally spend a half an hour talking about asparagus, but I won't. But if you've listened to the show lately, you know somehow I'm throwing it in. I got into this asparagus kick. I just put a little avocado oil on it, and I put a little extra at the tip so they get kind of crispy, and it's so amazing. And I was funny. I was a guest on a friend of mine's show. Uh, her name is Natalie Boutros. I always say put an S in there, Boutros, but it's Boutros. She's a bon vivant girl and she has a, a new podcast and she's great. I should get you in touch with her. Anyway, I was on her show and they were, they had a caller and he asked, how can I, I don't really like vegetables. What should I do? And I'm like, you should roast them. It completely changes the flavor. And it was funny because he was kind of stubborn. He goes, no, I don't know. Anything else? I was like, 
you really should roast. Them. I mean, I was like, yeah, put a handful of spinach in a smoothie and I don't know, you know, all the things. But I was like, please, sir, just, I know you don't won't know me, but just please trust me and roast your vegetables. So Michelle, expand on why this is so important. Yes, I totally agree with you. There are a ton of roasted vegetables in my veggie chapter. What, what roasting does is it caramelizes the natural sugars and vegetables. And now when I say sugars, those are naturally occurring very small amounts, but it gives them it intensifies the sweetness and it just, and it, it, it makes the outside just a little crispier. For example, Brussels sprouts. My husband would not touch Brussels sprouts until he tried my roasted Brussels sprouts that are crispy and amazing. And also in my book with herbs de Provence, actually. So you can, you buy that and you can keep using it all the time in my book. Uh, and it's just amazing. So easy. And you can blast those vegetables in the oven. I like to crank up my oven. It depends on the vegetable, maybe 400, 425, even 450. That is how you get that crunchy effect rather than frying the Brussels sprouts like a lot of the restaurants do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're so incredibly, incredibly good. Uh, let's jump into some of these uh, dessert recipes. So this mm. vegan chocolate mousse with, how do you say this word? Aquafaba. Thank you. You know, it's funny because when yeah. I'm working, I'm, I'll be typing and I'll type fast and I had to go back and say, did I did I type that correctly? <laughs> it does say aquafaba. Okay, first of all, what is that? And then tell us about this vegan chocolate mousse. It looks so yes. good. Yes. So aquafaba is made from whipping the liquid from canned garbanzo beans. Well, any garbanzo bean, wow. but I, of course, I buy the canned garbanzo beans and I use the no added salt ones for this particular mousse. It's the craziest thing. It sounds so interesting. Yeah, you have to see it to believe it. So you put just the liquid from your garbanzo beans in your mixer. You whip that with the whisk attachment. Uh, and you literally, you will have stiff peak whipped topping, basically. Wow. So it looks like meringue. It's a meringue substitute. So meringue, of course, is made from egg whites and sugar. And instead, we use the garbanzo beans. So it's a completely vegan recipe a completely vegan dessert that's incredible yeah it gives it a nice texture so i melt dark chocolate and add just a tiny oh, two tablespoons of sugar for the entire recipe which is hardly anything you have milk there's a little almond extract you could use any type of milk your vegan milk uh, a little cream of tartar is what stabilizes it and helps it stay fluffy. And then you just put those into little, you could use little shot glasses, any cute little glasses that you have. And it is so decadent tasting. Ooh. If you love, this is for chocolate lovers, chocolate lovers. It is amazing. And you could put a little fresh fruit on top, some berries, and it's an amazing dessert that you can make ahead. Yeah, I'm definitely going to make that. Speaking of berries, you mess, mess, excuse me, you mentioned this before. Tell us again, berry tart with mar, mascarpone cream and almond flour crust. I've heard of mar, mascarpone, but what is that exactly? Mm -hmm. It's a type of Italian, it's kind of like an Italian cream cheese, essentially. Oh, okay. It just has a little richer taste and it's a little, you just have to, it's a little more decadent version of the cream cheese that we put on our kids bagels in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just love it. So you buy it, you see it in these little eight ounce containers near the ricotta and all of those other items. And so all I do with that is I whip it, add a little bit of amaretto liqueur, or you could use any extract that you like 
of course, if, especially if you're with your kids, you might just put vanilla in there, but I like the amaretto. And then uh, you just top it off with, you fill your crusts with those, the almond flour crusts that mm. are also glazed with dark chocolate. <gasps> oh my goodness. So that it keeps your crust crunchy from the cream. So it's like a barrier. And then you just top it off with your summer berries, strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries. Those The berries are lower carb, higher fiber compared to a lot of other fruits. But of course, you know, you, you put on whatever is amazing looking at your market or your grocery store. Oh, that sounds so good. I want to mention a few other recipes jumping around. Almond flour pumpkin pancakes. Okay, mm. got to make that. Shrimp paella with cauliflower rice with the quotes on the rice. I, I want to make that. Uh, chicken paprikash with mushrooms. I'm guessing I would love that because I'm assuming there's paprika with the paprikash. You can tell us a little bit about paprikash. Yes. So, okay, this is kind of, okay, so this is a little funny story. So paprikash, of course, is Hungarian. My husband oh, is Hungarian. Right. That is my last name, Dudash. That is very Hungarian. Is Hungary on the Mediterranean? No. But we went there a few summers ago, and there's actually a wine region called the Mediterranean of Hungary. And so I'm like, okay, I have to put this in the book. I made it, of course, lower carb version. It is so, the sauce is so luxurious and velvety smooth. Um, I, when we went to Hungary, I just became obsessed. So it's, it's right next to Croatia, which is a Mediterranean country. And I just become obsessed with it. So what I do, you have your beef, uh, beef stew meat, you sear that off. I add mushrooms, give it some more bulk, some more, of course, who doesn't love mushrooms? It's amazing. Well, I know some people don't. I love mushrooms. Me There's too. tomato paste, red wine, uh, beef broth, some onions, carrots, and you just simmer that in this. And then of course you put in your paprika. And so it's like deep red, glossy, amazing. Oh, I love it. That sounds so <laughs> incredible. Is there any recipe that we didn't mention that you want to make sure that we talk about? Yes. I think one more that's fun for summer mm-hmm. is uh, there's a, I put in some chicken gyro lettuce wraps Ooh. with a tahini sauce. And then you can also pair it with a cucumber yogurt salad. Both are in my book. I think this is a really nice, I love gyros, of course. Uh, I think this is a nice one for summer. You can throw that chicken on the grill. It's marinated in lemon and oregano, oregano, really light but satisfying. And, you know, talk about the sauces running down your arms. <laughs> That's how you can enjoy this recipe. It's so good. Oh, and that is great. You know, I mentioned in your bio that you have Dash Dinner's Meal Spice Kits. Tell us about those. Yes, this is my latest project. I actually mm-hmm. launched it about a year and a half ago. Oh, and great. of course, in addition to my book, they kind of happen at the same time, which was really fun. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> and basically what they are, they're these meal spice kits. I give you the recipe on the back. You had your protein, your veg, the whole spice packet, and you have a perfectly seasoned meal ready in 20 minutes. Wow. It's amazing. There's no added sugar. They're gluten-free. So our number one hot dish, surprisingly, is Sloppy Joe's. I don't put sugar in it. I use California dates. It just kind of melts into the meat. It has smoked paprika in it. It's amazing. Another popular one are are my chicken lettuce wraps. So Mm. it's a Chinese-style stir-fry. You just add your ground chicken, some scallions, saute that up. Amazing. You serve it in lettuce wrap. So I have nine different flavors and yeah, they're, they're going really well. We're selling them at the farmer's market online on the website, dashgenders.com. And, uh, we're launching in retail as well. So 
Yeah, we're getting ready for a big, uh, big rebrand with new packaging. So keep a lookout for that soon. Oh my gosh. You know, what's so funny. I've never had a sloppy joe in my life because as a kid, I hated onions with a passion. <laughs> and it seemed like whenever someone had a sloppy joe, there was always like big onions in it or something. <laughs> I just never got myself. But I'm excited because I think I'm going to make my, actually, no, I don't think I am going to order this and I'm going to make my first sloppy joe. And you have to come back and I'll tell you how it was. You've got a chili as well, sloppy joe. Ooh, you've got a, a Sri Lankan curry. Yes. Oh my gosh. Now, how do you know how to mix and match these spices? Like how much experimentation? How does this all work? Spices are, spices and herbs, which are also a big part of the Mediterranean diet. Right. They just elevate everything. The only thing is, you know, when you're a recipe developer, people, readers only want to see so many ingredients in the recipes. Otherwise, it could literally take you 20 minutes just to find all the spices. So I, I take that out of the equation for I'm a chef. I mean, I'm always experimenting with because you have chicken, right? You can make it a thousand different ways with different spices and herbs. So I guess I just know. I guess it's from my I don't know how long have I been a chef. It's been to almost 20 years of experimenting. This is my, now my third cookbook. I've created recipes for all sorts of media, TV segments, magazines. So over time, I just know what goes with what. So you don't have to do the thinking. That's a big question. Like people ask, what spices go with what food? I do that for you. And this is absolutely brilliant. Like there was a while I was getting a, a meal kit. I forget which one. And it was great. But I like this idea where I can just get some meat or vegetables and get the amount that I want and I got the spices to match and you just make it. Yeah, I really try to focus on things that people already have on hand. Like I use the proteins like ground beef, ground turkey, uh, chicken thigh. It's the things that we keep in our freezer. I don't, I'm not a huge meal planner, I will admit. <laughs> a lot of people are surprised to hear that. But yeah. what I do do is keep my freezer, fridge, and pantry stocked very well. So I can just whip out a meal when I know, are we all home tonight? Perfect. Okay, I'm going to cook this. I, just, I know I have all the basics to make an awesome meal. All right, now we need to know what's in your pantry, what's in your fridge, what's in your <laughs> freezer. What are like the essential Michelle Dudash haves. Oh my goodness. There are so many things, but I will say, okay, so I always have quinoa in a jar. And yeah, as you mentioned, you'll see a lot of quinoa recipes in my book because it's just a great staple. You'll always see, uh, I always have ground beef in my freezer. I buy it from the farmer's market. I stock up, I go see my lady. You'll always find that. Everyone in the family loves that. Uh, I always have, I have, I keep a gallon of extra virgin olive oil in my pantry and then I decant it into the, you know, the bottles. And that's an, that's an essential staple. I, I order it from this, uh, olive oil. Well, it was a, it was an olive mill in Italy in Sorrento. Ooh. And now I just order it direct. They just, they press, they do everything there. It's amazing mm. olive oil. And then of course I always have some fresh fruits and vegetables. I always have canned legumes, canned chickpeas, canned, some type of easy, just really quick. And then I always have, again, all those herbs and spices. I have so many. You cannot even, <laughs> I, you cannot even imagine. But uh, those, those, those things just crank out some really awesome meals. Wow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find something to go better with ground turkey because my daughter's not a big fan of the flavor. And I'll mm. be honest, I prefer beef, but I'm trying to yeah. get more turkey. So would that go well with the sloppy joe or which one of your recipes or your spice packets do you think would kind of help? I don't think mass the flavor, but kind of enhance oh. it. 
Well, you know, the big thing with turkey is you've got to add with like the lean turkey, you have to add the moisture back in right? and you have to add the flavor. You know, you got to add that flavor. So the chicken lettuce wraps, you could use ground turkey in that because oh, right. I have you. Add, yeah, there's a ton of spices in there. Garlic and onion and uh, mustard and uh, Chinese five spice. And then I the you don't add broth to it. You add water because I already have all the seasonings in there for you. That, I mean, that will completely transform ground turkey or ground chicken. You will just absolutely love it. Yeah, I got to do that. Yeah. I also think I tend to afterwards maybe just sprinkle a little bit of good quality olive oil on it, not cooking it with it, right? Mm -hmm. But then afterwards, yeah. because if it is dry, that can help counterbalance yeah, that. Yeah, totally. And then you're getting those healthy that. fats. Yeah. Yeah, I totally do that. It just adds like a richness. You know, there's another actually, now that I think of it, there's a turkey a recipe in my book using ground turkey. And I actually have you add a couple tablespoons of hummus at the end. So it gives it a little bit of body. And of course it gives it flavor and of course great nutrients too. But you saute the turkey, a bell pepper, some other spices. It's like a Moroccan spice profile. Ooh, you that that sounds, oh, really I'm good. definitely going to try that one. <laughs> now, Michelle, before I let you go today, tell us a little bit about your other books. Yeah, so my first book is Clean Eating for Busy Families, and that was my baby, the first one. And That's a great book. Was, I had you on oh, for that. You. That was thank awesome. You. Thanks. That came out about, gosh, that was that not, I said, was it nine years ago, something like that? My first child is on the cover, and she was two, so I guess so. That's about right. That math is about right. And then we did a re revised and expanded edition a few years ago because Clean eating, of course, still so relevant. You'll see my second child also on the on the cover. Check those boxes. They both have a book cover. <laughs> and um, it's great for, I mean, of course, for busy families, but for all sorts of people. It's, uh, you, you know, as, as time progressed, things like almond flour, when I wrote the first edition, you didn't really see those in grocery, see that in grocery stores. And now, right. of course, it's almost everywhere. So uh, I just, again, I focus on ingredients that you can get at one grocery store, mostly 30-minute recipes, slow cooker recipes, recipes that your family, family will enjoy. And that's just using whole foods for the whole family. You're so much fun to have on. You obviously have so much passion. And listen, I know you can't get to the Mediterranean this summer, but we did just get a saltwater pool and you are welcome anytime. Yes. <laughs> I'm not just saying oh, that. It's so amazing. lovely. It's been a lifelong dream. So I am going to be very happy this summer working and swimming. And that's very, very happy. And making all of your recipes because I'm very excited and I've been trying to eat more Mediterranean. So this is absolutely perfect. So Michelle, again, the book is clean eating kitchen, the low carb Mediterranean cookbook, quick and easy, high protein, low sugar, healthy fat recipes for lifelong health. Michelle, how do we learn all about you and your wonderful books? Yes. And spices. Yes. Go to my website, michelledudash.com. It is all there. You can pre-order the cookbook. Uh, you can actually, you can find, you'll find the spice packets. You'll find more free recipes. And actually my uh, publisher, we're doing this little uh, free gift for people. Anyone who pre-orders the book, uh, you just send an email to low carb Mediterranean at Corto.com. It's on my website. The, the, uh, you send your receipt, your order number, and you'll get this freebie that I created it has Ooh. three recipes a grocery list. It's like a starter guide to get you excited oh, for when the book so comes smart. out. And yeah, it'll just get you all, all excited for 
going low carb Mediterranean. Tell us the email one more time for that. Yeah. So it's low dash carb Mediterranean at quarto.com. And how do you spell quarto? Q-U-A-R-T-O. Okay, that's, that's what I publish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Michelle, thank you so much. You'll have to come back again. I'm going to make more recipes and please come swimming. And this has been delightful. It has been so much fun and I would love to take a dip in that pool. I'll bring the appetizers. Oh, okay. You're on. Thank you so much for listening to Talk Healthy Today. I hope you got as much out of the show as I did. I feel so lucky to talk to so many incredible people to help you live your healthiest life. So please rate, review, and subscribe and never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today.